0: Welcome to the Downstream From Religion podcast. Here, we take a look at the book of Judges and show how the book highlights the problems and solutions for our times, not only their times. This is Rabbi Ian Paul Bailey, LCPC. I am a mental health therapist and an ordained rabbi, and I'm here to try to elucidate this book for you. Send any comments or questions. I'd love to hear your insights and ideas. Rabbi at RabbiBailey.com or RabbiBailey at gmail.com. Please subscribe, tell your friends, share the podcast, write a review. We are going to begin speaking about an extremely epic judge. You can argue, as I will, that he is the quintessential judge, the epitomal judge, um, to teach us, to teach Israel in those times, Lessons as well as lessons in our times. As a follow-up to speaking about Gideon, I found that in Aramaic, the word Gedda actually means a Pesel in Hebrew, which is a an idol, an a a, a knickknack idol, a physical idol. So, in, in Gideon's times, he became a religious hero, but when he made this golden apron he didn't realize it would not be an inspiration it would be a downfall so we see that precious artifacts or precious humans can be an idol in terms of our hero or American Idol or they can be an idol in terms of a downfall so here Shimshon, Samson might not be the hero that we expect but he's the hero that we need with all his foibles and mistakes that he makes he brings about a very specific salvation so we must understand where does he come from and how does he relate today we will speak about more of these autonomous zones because the philistines the dreaded philistines they are at the top of that pyramid that faces to the left 90 degree turned the the tip of it by the mediterranean sea by egypt they live there they occupy israel movement and and samson comes from the tribe of dan on his father and his father's father and he also comes from the the tribe of judah through his mother so therefore we already see that he has certain behaviors of guarding that we talk about guarding Number two in the seven steps of kingship, or the archetypes of the building blocks of the world, has to do with physical boundaries, guarding, or attacking. That was Dan. The, the, the tribe of Dan lived right near their mirror enemy, the Philistines. They're meant to be the antidote. Paralleling our, our third judge, Shamgar, who was guarding and fought against the Philistines if you remember with that cattle prod. So here Samson as we shall see in the next part had the job of a donkey. He did behaviors that are guarding to fight against the Philistines. His mother and his father's mother come from the tribe of Judah, the cities on the border of each tribe, Zira. In English maybe it's Zira, check your bibles. And that part of him is related to kingship, because Judah relates to powerful kings. The entire tribe were not kings, but they had the personality of being sort of healthy, aggressive types of individuals. And I shall argue, on top of that, he's involved with people and women. He also has in his attributes, a little bit of that step number six, you know, kingship is seven, step number six is uh, the Joseph, right, Ephraim and Manasseh, the social, the connective part of him. These three components are going to be threads throughout our study here. And first we will discuss before that, his miraculous origins. So in the text, the children of Israel did what was displeasing in the eyes of the Lord and the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. 40 years being an entire generation of decimation and problems and in history there was tremendous intermarriage there adopting their foreign lowercase g gods. We know this from genetic records and historical accounts. um, Historical studies at least. And the reason why the israelites are attacked by the philistines is that guarding uh... component the, the negative side of guarding is to uh, provoke someone to challenge them and it's meant to challenge them for the better in order to trim away the bad gods. to be displeased by adapting being adaptive is a very guarding thing adaptive and aggressive adapting to this culture so they are challenged by the philistines there was a man from uh, uh, here you go, Zorah, in Hebrew, Zora, in English, from the Danites. His name was Manoach. So in Hebrew, Nach means to rest. He is causing to rest. We shall speak about the significance of that name in part two. His wife was barren. She had not born a child. The Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, You are barren, but you will conceive and bear a son. So already, Samson's conception and birth parallels that of several forefathers, and I believe this is for three significant reasons. First of all, the Jewish tradition says that the prayers of the righteous bring mercy. So here, God wants the prayers of the righteous. He makes it so that they have a problem. They pray. God wants to hear them. They're especially potent. And Samson's Samson's name, meaning the one from the sun, and also, long story short, it also means that he will provide kindness and judgment. So it's significant that he's barren. Number two, connect the prayers of the righteous to it's, he's totally miraculous, just as the forefathers were miraculous. It's a complete gift from God, just as his strength comes from God when he is doing his behaving. Three, there's a constant thanks and humility. You know, People view it as a miracle when they cannot conceive, and then they have children. So God wants the righteous people to be involved in extensive prayer, so he gives them challenges and they will keep praying, encourage prayer, make it something bigger than it was that is his origins to be already to be miraculous and and just as the forefathers and foremothers were tremendous saviors and figures he is supposed to be also a tremendous figure okay continue sentence 5 verse 5 so already before he's born and after he must become what's called a Nazirite to God. So Nazir means to be set aside. The very interesting, uh, seemingly peculiar, but really significant laws here that he cannot have a razor come on his head. He has to grow his hair. He cannot drink wine or have any uh, grape products. And his mother must do so from the time that he is in the womb. And on top of that, He's not supposed to not supposed to be around dead bodies, but this is not as significant. He's at you know the, this Nazarite set of laws is actually mentioned in the book of Numbers, chapter six, and here he's not. It says the Nazarite, male or female, cannot touch dead bodies. Okay, so it's already the Jewish law and tradition deals with this Nazarite. Of Samson in a different light. It's not the same as a Nazarite vow. A Nazarite vow, to start from the beginning, is something that a person takes upon themselves. You know, a person can vow to give a certain amount of, you know, twenty dollars to charity. They must do it. That's their vow. Here is a unique vow that someone can be extra pious, and they must keep it, as it says in the chapter, you know, chapter six over here in Numbers. A person must keep this. Not cut their hair. Not have grape products, especially wine, and not touch dead bodies or be in the same under the same covering as dead bodies. So in the same building or same roof, like a like a uh, carport, not allowed. If the end of their term comes, they bring offerings to God, and if they accidentally um, break one of these laws, they must bring offerings and start again. It's a unique law. We shall understand. The significance and come back to the three elements of samson and why he's one united hero so drinking wine okay so the rabbis noticed that the prohibition of the Nazarite, the uh the laws of the Nazarite, more precisely and his prohibitions or hers are next to this law of the wayward wife so if someone's wife was alone with another man And she was warned not to do it. She must go and have this whole dramatic ceremony where she's denigrated and drinks certain water. And she either gets blessed with children because she was faithful to her husband, needs explanation another time, or she dies, actually. She explodes or her body distends. And next to that is the law of the Nazarite. The sages understand that juxtapositions in the Bible are for a reason. The reason is here that if someone saw this um, wayward or seemingly wayward wife denigrated, they would immediately abstain from alcohol. Alcohol blurs lines, brings to sin. Alcohol can bring licentiousness, right? Many people don't even drink at all in their faith or in their personal choice. So to distance someone from sin, someone might say, wow, I need to take on these laws where I will not drink. So there we have not blurring the lines, not damaging social relationships. Let's get to the hair part of it. Okay, what's the significance of the hair? There's a story that's a very Jewish kosher version of this narcissist story. You know, all these Greek myths and things. Obviously, Jews Jews and Christians don't adopt them. They're not canon. There's a totally Jewish version where there's a rabbi who said, you know, part of this Nazarite set of laws is that you bring... Food, an offering. It's a guilt offering, actually, probably for um, her, abstaining from the pleasures in the world. It, um, it's not a full guilt sin offering, but a little bit of uh, missing out on the world. So this this Rabbi Shimon, the, the righteous, says, you know, I I just didn't really quite believe people that they're sincere. I never ate from the guilt offering to eat the offering to help the person get atonement. But I met one person, he was extremely handsome, he came from the south, he had beautiful eyes, and he was good looking. The fringes of his hair were curls, he had beautiful curls, fabulous. So he asked this boy, why are you going to cut your hair? So this man boy said, I was a shepherd, and I went to see my reflection in the water, and my evil inclination overcame me, and I thought I would do so much sin and arrogance that I would get... Uh, destroyed in this world. Downfall. I said, Wicked one, you evil inclination, why do you pride yourself in a world that is not yours? Why are you proud of someone who will eventually be food for worms and maggots? I must humble myself. I swear I will cut off my hair for the sake of heaven. End of story, end of uh, statement. Immediately the rabbis, rabbi came up and kissed him on the head and said, My son, you are the real Nazarite that is meant to be. You're, you are a Nazarite to God. Okay? So here we see that someone's... Uh, the hair is representing arrogance. Okay? I'm, I, I can do whatever I want. I'm full of arrogance. That is the extra piety someone can have. have long uh, hair, and then they cut it off. Boom. Get rid of that. Perhaps it's also long and... Um, disheveled. And we see Samson's hair later has seven strands. Okay? Remember that. Impurity. So the Samson Nazarite is allowed to touch dead bodies. However, my theory is as follows, everyone. Samson is supposed to be an anti-idolatry machine. All three aspects of him fight idolatry, And they also fight against his own nature to make it holy. So when it comes to the alcohol, that is the side of him that is social. Our sages say he had tremendous potency with his uh, implanting of seed. People wanted to have have, uh, him inseminate their family. Um, He's blessed with that sort of blessing in the man areas. And he's always with women, and he's uh, socializing so there's a part of him that is the joseph part and he is a symbol to unite all the different parts of the most part the most powerful and potent parts of our problems here he's bringing together the joseph part he brings together the Yehuda judah king david um monarchical part the kingship part his hair right he's he's uh you can become totally arrogant and full of yourself. I am so handsome. I am the ego, the king. I'm the only one here. And remember, uh, Solomon's brother, David's son, was fighting for the kingship. He had that long hair, right? So here, fighting his nature to be an arrogant king is the chopping off of the hair, so that he will be a humble, powerful man. And he has a, again, his strength comes from The hair, which is the kingship part, the full might. He's he's jumping to the seventh step. As I mentioned, he is one of three people. I believe that person. That if you put them together, they add up to the key components of uh, King David kingship, Davidic proper kingship. We had that first judge, Othniel, son of Kenaz, who was from Judah, extremely masculine and powerful, and he had he uh, acquired land, and he was able to defeat the enemy directly and powerfully. We had Jephthah, Yiftah, recently, who um, is like the crown. He's able to unite people together, all those components. Whereas Samson chooses not to unite people. I believe that's part of his downfall. He does not unite people with the Joseph or the David leadership methodologies. He's a sort of a lone wolf type of warrior. He has the physical might and also this sort of healthy paranoia of a king, he goes around and actively tries to stop the enemy, make sure the enemy knows that he is powerful, the Jews are powerful. It's that part of kingship that the king needs to get rid of loopholes. The problem with democracy, representative republic, is there's not, there are not people that are extremely assertive, borderline aggressive, going around and checking for things. There's always that paradigm of in the book of Esther. He wants everyone to have their own language and their own country, but he's not assertive enough to stop Haman, right? Ahasuerus is like getting rid of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar's granddaughter, he marries. Um, Let's get rid of kingship. A little bit more democracy, a little bit more power to the people, even though I'm still the king. But it doesn't work because you need the balance of kingship with the connective Joseph style. So Haman comes along, who's extremely arrogant and commanding and kingly and ruins the day so what samson does is this incredible accomplishment of not being afraid of the enemy as david was not not um letting them just uh be happy to occupy the territory he removes the doors take away boundaries and barriers so that is this the 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 hair kingship part of him it's get taking the kingship part of him making it holy and using that as an example for the people and the enemy. So the third category, not being ritually impure. So the third part of Samson is that guarding part, the Danite part. Um, And long story short, there are different items that make someone ritually, ritually impure, that they can't be in the temple. They cannot touch holy objects. So that part of it, Samson doesn't really have. He's only a mostly Nazarite. He's a Samson Nazarite, different category. At the same time, I believe he was, fight, he was fighting against the spirit of darkness, part of idolatry. Okay? So he's fighting against, number one, alcohol and, and inappropriate sexual relationships. That is f- um, rife in idolatry. Right, We have a tradition in the Jewish people from us all the way to Mount Sinai, Every form of idolatry contains inappropriate sexual activity. Get rid of the yoke, go for broke, right? And on top of that, idolatry is also brainwashing, blurring the lines. They give alcohol or substances to people in cults in order to brainwash them, to make their mind mush. So so Samson is being anti-idolatry there. Anti-idolatry in terms of the hair, because... People create idol- idols in their own image. It's a conceited type of nature. They create it in their own image of beauty or ugliness. And here, normal Nazarite doesn't touch dead bodies and certain dead animals and things. Dead bodies, mainly dead bodies. They stay away from that. Only dead bodies. Um, but they, but Sam- Samson is allowed to because he's physically going and attacking evil people and killing evil people. Therefore, by, by default, he's allowed to touch dead bodies. He needs to fight for Israel. But on top of that, let's talk about the dark spirit. So if you believe in dark black magic, as the non-rationalists do, people who go and they get involved in demonic rituals, they get an evil spirit on their soul and around them. If you believe in the rational part of the rationalist approach, There's no such thing as black magic, but we have here people who psychologically imprint upon themselves or others imprint upon them to have death worship, dark nature, pathology towards self-harm, and that sort of thing. So, for example, it says uh, in the Talmud, it's it's trying to understand in the book of Deuteronomy, what all these different idolatrous beings are. They're soothsayers and future tellers and they put bones bones under their arm and don't go to a witch, don't talk to a warlock, those are all forbidden. So what does it mean if you uh, inquire of the dead? This means someone who starves himself and goes to sleep in a graveyard so the spirit of impurity should settle upon him. So I'm not sure that means that you talk to the dead and you have a spiritual impurity or just spiritual impurity You're not really talking to the dead. It's more of an absorption. In any event, it means that a person psychologically can have a dark way of thinking. Death worship, depressed, self-harm. It's a way of idolatry to have that um, component of them. So, in in summation, again, Samson is anti-idolatry. He goes and tries to stop these autonomous zones. And he himself keeps himself holy uh, for God, and he, um, his whole nature represents the unity of the Jewish people, of the David, the Joseph, and the the guarding components that are necessary for self-control, and a, and um, a, adapting to holy holiness, and making boundaries. Um, and and he he's supposed to be the lesson to us that. Not necessarily going to attack people physically all the time, but we cannot stop in our quest to spread religion, to get power into the hands of people who believe in God and away from heathens and idolatrous people. And you know let's talk about autonomous zones first and then idolatry before we before we stop. So I've been I've been not speaking about this since the beginning of the podcast. It is extremely important. You know what country would have a sovereign nation pop up inside, and inevitably it's not this kumbaya hippie compound. It ends up being warlords, and when there's a power vacuum, usually a commanding person comes along to take advantage. At least guarding, perhaps connective people try to make it night, make it a constructive place. But autonomous zones got shut down, and more pop up. But listen to the opposite here in California. What do they call it? Commie formula. The left coast. Ha <laughs> ha. Excuse me. So over there, I've lived there, so it is pretty kooky. Um, They have a lot of edicts that don't seem to make sense. The city of Orville city council passes a vote to become a constitutional republic city. That's what we're talking about. You know, you can't have Swiss cheese of evil. People need to reaffirm that they have a belief in something beyond themselves. Obviously the constitution connected to divine rights uh, and uh, your faith and obviously my Jewish faith is a even higher level, but even in my faith, we have, a, we have to make rules for society and how to live. It's not always just, you know, kosher and um, laws of stealing. You have to make laws for the marketplace and for society, however it manifests. So this is incredible type of standing up for safety, protection, and allowing godly values instead of idolatrous destruction. And speaking of idolatry, I will say it again. Idolatry exists. It's not something that existed a long time ago, as, as I and many people used to think. Last week, today is 11-5-2021. Last week, there was a rap music concert in which there was imagery and uh, statues of giant mouths eating people in a demonic fashion. People in the crowd got pushed into this hypnotic giant mouth. And I hate to say it, but many people started dying. And years ago, most concerts, rock or rap, would stop the concert. It was very serious. I heard that one band even stopped their concert and tour because someone died. It's, it is horrific, and it's bad. But at this concert, the rapper became very like excited. Um, and like paused for a second and kept rapping. And people were just being fed into these demonic mouths. There were screens with demonic imagery. And parallel to this, the same person with similar imagery was featured in a famous video game. There are all these um, Oculus Rift virtual, virtual reality um, headsets and games you can play. You know, you, if you play Star Wars, I imagine it's innocuous and maybe some things are not in line with the religion of shooting and action and mythology, but certain places are taking people to. Areas that are dark, that demonic spirit I'm talking about, you know, synonymous with de- demonic spirit and darkness and flicker rates of the lights, is hand-in-hand hand with the same thing as idolatry. And for that reason, Maimonides explains, tattoos are forbidden in Judaism because one is doing a blood ritual, harm, harming of the self. So whether it's immediate harm of the self or emotional scars that are left through the tattooing, other areas, people doing things that are demonic and dark and satanic, all of those things are part of this set of terrible ideas that the Bible uh, warns us against. So the idea is we have to fight. Samson needs to tell us to fight. And sometimes it's a physical situation. I think it mad, I imagine mostly it's massive civil disobedience, as the famous ones did. And making sure voting machines are accurate, our papers, uh, getting the right people in there, massive protests, uh, taking our dollars away from companies that um, invest in our destruction, putting our money into companies that are patriots, localized individuals, Um, vote with your dollars, you know. Don't give your money to big companies and corporations that invest in medicine or blocking transportation that harms you. Don't don't do it. Get together, vote with your dollars, uh, vote accurately with proper machines, protest at the time, move if you have to, support areas that are meant to be supported, get together, be like-minded people. You do not have to suffer. Uh, we learn this from the strength of Samson. So I hope that Samson is a beautiful example that we can uh, be religiously careful, but still inspirational. In the world, it is when Samson, Shimshon, loses his hair that his humility goes out the window. He loses it in that humiliating fashion. He no longer is connected to the spiritual realm. Just as Gidon, Gideon obtained his tremendous success in victory in war from spiritual means, religion, so does Shimshon, Samson's strength, come from when he's fully dedicating himself to God and the Lord, and when his hair grows back slightly at the end, he's able to get one last physical, powerful prowess to defeat the enemy. So too, we must garner our religious strength and be dedicated to religion and spread it, so we too can garner that potency to defeat the enemy. I hope you enjoyed the Downstream From Religion podcast. Feel free to email me with comments or questions to rabbi at rabbibailey.com or rabbibailey at gmail.com B-A-I-L-E-Y Subscribe, tell your friends, and take the Bible and apply it directly to your everyday life. It's not ancient and anachronistic. It is more relevant than ever.